0: Hello. Before I begin the podcast, I'd like to throw in a little disclaimer about what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. In this episode, I will be reading graphic descriptions of murder, violence, sexual violence, torture, and other things that are only suitable for mature audiences. I strongly suggest that if you are under the age of 13, or if you just feel like you won't be able to handle hearing descriptions of brutal serial murders, that you go ahead and turn off the podcast now. No harm, no foul, and everyone's happy. So, as always, with this kind of content, listener discretion is heavily advised. With that being said, let's jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of my podcast, The Serial Killer Countdown, where I take a few minutes and sometimes a bit longer than that to talk about serial killers that I find interesting and that haven't been extensively covered by the mainstream Western media. If you're listening to this, you may have noticed that there is a pretty large gap between episode 6 and this episode, episode 7, and I want to apologize for that. Um, In my time doing this podcast, I've always been pretty straightforward about just how part-time this podcast is for me, and recently I have just been insanely busy, and unfortunately this podcast was put on the back burner for the last few months. Um, I recently bought and moved into a new condo. I got some new recording equipment, which hopefully you can hear by listening to this episode. and um that along with dealing with just some personal things have caused my life to be incredibly stressful and busy so i haven't really been focusing on my creative outlets as much as i would like to however i feel like i'm now in a place where i'm happier than i was so i thought you know what better time than now to sink my teeth into learning about some horrific new serial killers So without further to do, let's stop talking about me and get to what you're really interested in. And the serial killer I will be talking about today is another one that I had never heard of until I started doing research for this specific episode. He's extremely interesting to me because he's almost, it seems to me, a cross between like a spree killer and a serial killer. And for those of you who may not know the difference between those two things a spree killer is a killer who kills two or more victims in a very short period of time usually in multiple locations there's almost no time between the murders and the killer usually stalks from location to location killing indiscriminately until he's stopped usually by violence whether that be the killer killing themselves or being killed by police. And it's actually pretty rare to bring in a spree killer alive just due to the nature of the killings. Whereas a serial killer is someone who kills three or more people over a much longer period of time. There's more forethought usually put into the crimes and there's a lot of time occurring between each murder. And this is a distinction actually talked about in the new Netflix show, Mindhunter, which, by the way, is a phenomenal new show that I've been just binging lately. And it's definitely one of my favorites from the past couple years. So definitely watch that if you haven't already. But the man that I will be talking about in this episode definitely strikes me as somewhat of a combination of those two types of killers. And his name is Yang Jinhai also known as the monster killer, confirmed murders, 67 murders throughout China, becoming the most prolific known serial killer in China since the establishment of the People's Republic of China in 1949, and possibly and probably the most prolific Chinese serial killer in history. Not only was Yang Zhenhai a serial killer, but he was also a serial rapist. In addition to being convicted of the 67 murders that he committed, he was also convicted of 23 rapes as well. And these rapes are actually how he got his start as the criminal that he became. Yang Jinhai was born in Zhangyang County in Henan, China, in 1968, and I apologize if I mispronounce that or anything in this episode. Um, But he's born to one of the poorest families in his entire village, and at this time, being poor in China was definitely not easy. Not that it's ever easy, but in the 1960s, you can only imagine that it must have been even worse. So not only is his family one of the poorest in the village, he's also the youngest of four children. So you can imagine what that was probably like. I mean, talk about being the forgotten son, being born to an extremely poor family with three other children ahead of you in the pecking order for things like clothes, food, or toys, if they even had any, uh, etc., and all that makes his decision to run away from home at age 17 pretty much expected. Um, He refuses to go back home when his family finally contacts him and instead decides to travel around China finding work as a laborer, and he would use this anonymity as an asset when he started committing his first crimes. Having no real route to where he was living at the time, he could just commit crimes and then flee the area, making it extremely hard to realize that the rapes were being committed by a single person by the police, and making it that much harder for the police to catch him. However, in 1988, Jin Hai is arrested for theft and sentenced to labor camps in Hebei, China, and this is his first real run-in with facing consequences for his lifestyle. After he was released, he was again arrested for theft in Hebei, and once again sentenced to a labor camp in 1991. He's eventually released again, and this is when his crimes begin to escalate away from theft and into rape, and in 1996, he's arrested for attempted rape and sentenced to five years in prison, However, he is released two years early in 1999, and this is kind of notable to me that this is really his first experience with real prison. Um, His earlier crimes were punished by being sent to labor camps rather than a standard prison. However, his attempted rape charge lands him in a real prison, and thus I feel like this could possibly have been the trigger that led him down the road into just straight-up murder. And we can clearly see his crimes escalating as the years go on. He starts with theft and then progresses to rape, and finally, when he's released from prison in 1999, this will be when his murders finally begin. Beginning in 1999, Yang Zhenhai went on a murder spree, the likes of which had never been seen before in China, and perhaps will never be seen again. Xinhai stayed primarily in the Anhui, Hebei, Henan, and Shandong provinces of China to commit his murders, which were brutal to say the least. His M.O. was that he would wait until nightfall and then break into his intended victim's home. At this point, while his victims were asleep, he would stalk from room to room, massacring the occupants with tools found in the house, whether it was axes, hammers, shovels, Etc. He would go from room to room, bludgeoning and killing every single person until they were all dead. He was known to kill entire families in a single night. At each separate murder, he would wear new clothes and shoes that were much larger than his normal foot size to throw off the police. And this is where he kind of strikes me as almost a combination between a spree killer and a serial killer. He would have these random acts of killing, killing two, three, four people, an entire family in a single night, only to disappear and then reappear later and do the exact same thing again. His killings seemed to happen in bursts, exactly like a spree killer, except he would then stop for a while and then do it again, exactly like a serial killer, which is fascinating to me. And I have to wonder if... This contributed to his elusiveness. Something like this had never been seen before in China and perhaps even the world, and so it was kind of unthinkable that a single person was committing these crimes. Not only did Yang Jinhai attempt to murder everyone at each house he picked, but sometimes he would rape the women as well. In one particularly brutal incident, he killed a father and a six-year-old with a shovel and raped a pregnant woman at the house as well. This pregnant woman would survive this attack, albeit with serious head injuries, and I have to wonder if her being left alive possibly contributed to him being caught later down the line from, it, from the police interviewing her. But Yang Xinhai continued his murder and rape spree in China until late 2003, when astoundingly he was arrested by police only because he was, quote, acting suspiciously during a routine inspection of, and, and I quote again, an entertainment venue, which I take to mean a club or a gentleman's lounge or something of that sort. Amazingly, when police take him to the station, He confesses to 65 murders and 23 rapes throughout China during the last four years. The media, of course, having never seen anything like this before, immediately spring on it and give Yang Jinhai the name the Monster Killer, which, to be honest, is not a nickname that I particularly like. It kind of makes him sound like he's almost some kind of a superhero or something who kills monsters not that he is the monster like behold the monster killer <laughs> i don't i don't know it's just it's not one of the better nicknames especially because it can be misconstrued like that but originally police thought he was just lying or trolling them or messing with them but they began to investigate and they realized that much of the DNA that was found at many of the crime scenes did in fact match Yang Jinhai perfectly, and not only that but Jinhai was also found to have contracted HIV from one of his victims whom he raped and then killed while in custody. Jinhai is found to have committed two more murders than he confessed, bringing his total to sixty-seven murders and because of the wealth of evidence present and his confession. Yang Jinhai is found guilty of all 67 murders and 23 rapes and is sentenced to death by firing squad on February 1st, 2004. Thirteen days later, on February 14th, 2004, Valentine's Day, Yang's sentence is carried out and he is executed. Now, I don't really know how fast death row sentences are usually carried out, but 13 days later seems incredibly fast to me. You always hear about death row inmates at least in the United States, waiting years and years in prison before being executed, if they even get executed at all before they die of natural causes. So 13 days for an execution seemed very quick to me. It's almost like they just fast-tracked it. But um, And this, this next bit that I'm going to talk about is even more interesting to me. The Chinese media claimed that Yang jin motive for his killings was a breakup it was quote revenge against society because his girlfriend left him and this never really made sense to me his killings didn't give off the feeling of a scorned lover he didn't just kill women he didn't kill women that resembled his ex-girlfriend or anything like that he just killed random people and random families and when he was actually asked about his motive by the media, Yang Jinhai was quoted as saying, When I killed people, I had a desire. This inspired me to kill more. I don't care whether they deserve, it, deserve to live or not. It is none of my concern. I have no desire to be part of society. Society is not my concern. And this strikes me immediately as just a sociopathic, possibly narcissistic killer. He obviously has no remorse. He has no concern about the people he killed. He killed because he wanted to. I mean, he explicitly says this. He says, you know, I have a desire to kill. And because he felt that desire, he just did it. And that makes much more sense to me than this scorned lover narrative ...that was pushed by the media. Yang Jinhai enjoyed killing and raping and that's all the motive that he needed. I want to thank you for listening in on the 7th episode of the Serial Killer Countdown... This episode may be a bit shorter on details than other episodes I've done before because, well, to be quite honest, there really isn't a ton of information out there about Yang Zhenhai, at least not that I can find or read. A lot of it is in Chinese. But I still found him very interesting anyway and wanted to share him with you. And also... Thank you for your understanding of the very long gap in episode uploads. Uh, This is still going to be a very part-time podcast for me, and I will keep uploading episodes whenever I have time, so I don't want anyone to think that this podcast has just been abandoned if there are any other gaps um, between episodes, but... So far, the amount of support that this podcast has gotten is way more than I initially thought it would receive. <laughs> my just my first six episodes have already been downloaded almost four thousand times, which is totally crazy to me. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to say thank you so much for listening, and I also want to thank anybody that has rated this podcast on Apple Podcasts as it. Currently has a rating of 4.8 stars. There aren't too many ratings, but 4.8 stars, I mean, that's awesome to me. So uh, I guess all this is just a roundabout way of saying thanks for listening. And if you'd like to contact me for any reason, uh, you can definitely reach me by email at skcpod at gmail. That's skcpod at gmail. Um, I had social media for the podcast for a while, but it just really wasn't for me. It wasn't doing much for me, so I only have my personal Twitter account now. Um, But if you'd like to follow me there, email me and let me know. But uh, anyway, thank you, and have a great rest of your day.